You are the orchestrator. You are the maestro. You are the conductor, Father. You are the conductor of this service. And although Adonai, it may seem that we're in the final stanzas of this particular Shabbat, the Koda, Father, you are the great conductor. You are the holy maestro. Holy maestro. <laughs> so Adonai, we, we, we commit this stanza to you, Father. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Adonai. All right. Here we go. So, um, children of Israel came out of Egypt. They came from there, and they're going to there. What a blessing it is when you get to a part of your journey and you get to look back and see where Adonai is taking you from, but you don't see it in the way you saw it when you were there. You don't see it as the hell. You don't see it as the iron furnace. You don't see it as the slavery that it was and it was. But you look back at your journey in the clarity of retrospect and you say, thank you, Adonai, for where you brought me from. As hard as the journey was, I would have it no other way. Hallelujah. Because I see a greater journey that you had me on than just from slavery to freedom, like from a place to another place. There's a slavery to freedom journey that you had me on that where I am now, I see much clearer than I have over the course of the journey. And for the times that in the past, I've said, please Adonai, release me from this. Please Adonai, pick somebody else. Please Adonai, stop this. I am now in a place where I say thank you Adonai for exactly how you crafted it. May we experience that reality Hallelujah. of the gratitude to the Lord yes. for the tough road yes. that brought us to a certain place. Yes. I know in myself, um, this is just a real simple example of it. Just a simple example. Just a simple example. It's just a simple example. <laughs> Is it a it's a simple example. When uh, my job really stunk at a certain point. Um, I lived up here in Rhode Island. I was working in New York City. I was traveling to New York City a lot. Spending a lot of time in hotel rooms alone. And uh, working a lot of hours. And uh, sometimes having to work literally like almost 48 hours straight. Mm. Like losing... My, my sanity from lack of sleep, sleep deprivation. It's like, ugh. And I was getting bad reviews, too. 
Like I put in like everything I could as best as I was able, but it wasn't good enough. And um, my bosses at the time, you know, like I said, they gave me bad reviews. It just was just a bad experience and ultimately led to me being let go from that job. Um, like I said, it's a real simple example. I now work at another job. I'm up here in Rhode Island now working at that Citizens Bank in Smithfield. And I just had my review. And I've noticed something uh, at my job there over the course of the past year plus that I've been working there. I've been noticing that all the things that I sucked at at my other job, that I didn't do well, according to my boss, that I got all these bad reviews and really struggled, struggled, struggled. All these things, all of a sudden, started to come out as in, in, a, in, a, in a more expert way. So the things that I failed at in my previous job, all of a sudden, the things that I learned yes. from that experience, I'm now bringing to my job. And I'm even telling like my boss and my boss's boss, like, no, you gotta do it this way, because of my experience back then. I just got like the best year-end review like I've ever had in my life. So the lesson for me is thank you, Adonai, for that hell that I went through in that job. Thank you, Adonai, for that. Because in that, you I came out of that. Now I thought I left it behind like I left it like leaving Egypt. Done. But I came out of that with something that I didn't know I came out with. And that was, in this simple example, in a simple, I came out with, with these skills that have manifested themselves in a great way in my current job. I was, you know, it's been going real well. Um, another example is uh, Susie and I, when we were in New Jersey, you know, I get kind of transparent up here. We went through a time, we were at a congregation, we were there for 11 years, and went through a time where we really struggled. And we were struggling even in our marriage. And if there was any time in our marriage we struggled, it was, it was during those several months, maybe up to a year, towards the tail end of our New Jersey, and our stay in New Jersey. We've had a, a just an awesome marriage, and you know, um, just very grateful. Um, there was one time where we, just, it was, we really wrestled. Um, New Jersey just was squeezing us, and we just felt very squeezed, and it was, it was a tough, tough time. And um, so the Lord yanks us out of New Jersey um, to New England. And Susie had her eye in New England for some time, and then, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, New England, that must mean like New Hampshire, Vermont, you know, where the mountains are, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, how can I work there? I'm like a computer guy, dude, and I'm like, how am I gonna work up in the booties? You know? Mm. And I was having dinner with a friend of mine who's a rabbi. He was one of the rabbis that was here during my ordination. His name was Joe. I was having dinner with him in New Jersey, and uh, I was like, oh, you know, things are just really, really crappy. You know? And, um, you know, Susie wants to move, and I don't know if I don't know. And it was, it, things are just really crappy. And, oh, where are, you gonna, where are you thinking of moving? I don't know. Maybe New England? I don't know. And he goes, oh. But you work at Pfizer, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, Pfizer has that office in Connecticut, right? And I said, well, yeah. That is New England, isn't it? Hmm. So I went on to MapQuest before maps.google.com took that one over. And 
looked up, you know, where Pfizer was in Connecticut, and it was very close to Rhode Island. So I went, Rhode Island, huh? I didn't think of that. I thought Rhode Island was like by Delaware. I'm not kidding. So I looked up Rhode Island, I was like, okay, there's like beaches and stuff there. That's kind of cool. I wasn't, they don't have the mountains that I was thinking with New England, but they got beaches. So I went to Susie, and it was like right there, like they're like, it, the, my company, my former company's location was very close to the border of Rhode Island. Because Connecticut didn't feel like New England. It felt like New York City suburb, which we were looking to get out of. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so it was, there was Rhode Island. So I went to Susie, I said, what about Rhode Island? And she went, Rhode Island, huh? And she started going into Realtor.com. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe that would work. Speed up the story. We, we moved to Rhode Island. And we moved to Rhode Island. And Rhode Island, for us, has been like the promised land. It really has. We remember, as much as we wrestled where we came from, we remember coming to Mishkan David for the first time. And um, we, we, when we came out of New Jersey, we had a really good plan for congregations. We are like, let's not commit too soon. We're going to be prayerful about where we go and plant ourselves and start to sow in the place. We're going to be real prayerful here because we want to be in Adonai's will. And what a great idea to not be too quick about saying we're going to go here and invest our time and our energy and our finances and our talents and gifts. And we're going to be real prayerful about it. So, call up Lou and Val, who we met a few months back, and we're like, you guys are from Rhode Island, right? And they go, yeah, we're from Rhode Island, but our congregation's in uh, Massachusetts. And we visited their congregation, Susie and I. And she goes, and they go, but, mm, but, there is this little congregation in Rhode Island, I gotta tell you. <laughs> we want you to come to ours in Massachusetts. But, yeah, there's one in Rhode Island to know about. <laughs> and it's by this guy named uh, Peter. And he used to be an elder of our congregation, he left, but he, he's got a little thing going on over there. But you should come to visit us. We're like, great. But before we do that, maybe we'll go visit this uh, one in Rhode Island. So then we come to Mishkan David, and we discovered this. Shabbat service, February 24th, 2007. Feel free to come close if you need to. During the praise or worship portion of our service, was left to raise her hands to the Lord, and I didn't come by an anointing. 
and seeds that were planted even back then, there was something in me that I really didn't realize that I took with me and it's manifesting now as I let Adonai serve in this capacity. Things will come out of my mouth and in my head I'm like, that was Rabbi Jan. <laughs> Where did that come from? So I stand here today grateful for the journey that Adonai had Susie and me on which led us here to this place and even to this moment. Wax on, wax on. Yeah. yeah. So we've shared the story, Susie and I, about um, when she was ill, and then she was healed of this illness. And um, later on, there was a, a, a young woman who was at our congregation back then, who was very, very sick. She was stuck in the basement for a long time. She was allergic to everything. She couldn't really leave the basement. My goodness. Yeah, for years and years, she was in the basement but she was writing novels while she was there. They're gonna get published very soon. Needless to say, uh, Susie went to a place where she was delivered from this illness and she experienced a miraculous healing. And we went to this couple and said, you know, maybe you wanna call this place because Susie had a divine experience down there when it came to healing. And they said, okay, sounds good. They never went. They never wound up going. But eventually, while I was, they eventually called this place on the phone, they spoke to them about this daughter who was in the basement, stuck, allergic to everything. They prayed over her on the phone. Mm. It was that day that she got out of the basement. Wow. And she was completely, completely healed. The father told the story of how she walked around the house because she wasn't outside for all these years. And it took her like two hours or an hour, whatever it was, to get around the whole house because she was stopping at every flower and every tree just to touch and to smell what she's missed sometime. And I remember visiting my old congregation and uh, I walk into the congregation, this is probably 2008-ish or so, and, I, and uh, all of a sudden who walks in front of me, little Ruti, who was the one that was stuck in the basement. Oh. And uh, I said, Ruti, you're, you're here? You're, you're healed? You're, you're, I can't believe you're here. And then the parents said, we called that place that Susie went to. And they just prayed for her over the phone, read scripture to her, and she was healed that day. Whoa, I was so excited. Now, mind you, it was hell that Susie went through with this illness. It was another really tough time. Not in our marriage, but it was a tough time for Susie, really personally. And um, so I call up Susie, and I said, Susie, you're not going to believe who's here. Ruti, she's out of the basement. <laughs> and Susie starts to cry on the phone and rejoice and say, Thank you, God, for my sickness. Thank you that I was sick. Thank you that I was sick. Because of the experience I went through, I was able to share, what did I say before, the Gilbert thing? Something real simple. It was simple. Simple. But through that, Adonai was able to use it and plant something that led to an incredible divine healing of this daughter of the king who was locked in the basement for several years. Because all things were good. All yes, all that was a fulfillment of it turning for good. 
All for his glory. So as we come out of Egypt and we leave this thing behind, whether you've come out already or you're in it now and have yet to come out or you're on your journey out in whatever it is you're going through, know this, that the time is coming when the deliverance happens and that deliverance will happen. Yes. That when you leave it behind, and it even says in scripture, like when the prophets in Isaiah says, don't touch, don't touch anything unclean, just go, 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 like get out of Babylon, don't touch anything unclean, right? Just, just kind of leave it all behind, and don't even touch it. Know this, that there's something that you will bring with you from this experience that is divine, that is holy, that is incorruptible, that is imperishable, that is a treasure. That is an ingredient in the kingdom that is not optional. It's mandatory building material for what God is doing. And you have got this thing from the experience in Egypt. And to Adonai, it's glorious. And it's his. It's his. It is the treasure in the field. When the one who purchased the field sold everything because of the one treasure. It's the pearl of great price <coughs> that cost everything but is priceless. And it is glorious to Adonai. And it comes with you out of slavery and will manifest as building material in that a nice perfect timing. So the time of looking at this time in the 2020 view of retrospect will be a glorious moment for you. When you say thank you, Adonai. 
to the road you had me on. I would have it no other way. So why would I take this uh, and play it today? Uh, not just to, sh to talk about the road that I've been on and how he led me and Susie and I into Rhode Island. Um, this Torah portion that we're in right now, which is this day, this day on the Hebrew calendar, not February 1st, and not February whatever that was. February 24, 2007. But on the Hebrew calendar, this is the same day. Love you, Karen. So today is my biblical anniversary of when I first came to Michigan. Seven years ago today. So the words spoken are the exact words spoken in this place seven years ago today. So it is for this Shabbat because God is in not only all time at the same time, but in the cycles of the Lord. Like this day, when we experience a day, we experience this day, this exact day, Adar 1, all back to the beginning and all to the end. So this is the exact same day that this was spoken. It was also one year prior, my rabbi at the time asked me to give a message he was going to be away. <laughs> And I hate giving messages. You can tell, right? And uh, so I open up the scripture, start reading the Torah portion, and of course, it's the Torah portion that we're in right now. Terumah, which is offering. And, uh, and it's about the building of the Mishkan. So one year ago, to the day, before coming into Mishkan, Adonai had me studying the Mishkan. In scripture. Here you are. The tabernacle. Right? So we know that the tabernacle in the wilderness, the Hebrew word is Mishkan. That's where we get Mishkan David. So I was studying the Mishkan one year prior, exactly to the day of this day. And I became the resident expert of the Mishkan at Beth Zion Messianic Synagogue. People were asking me months later, can you refresh my memory on X, Y, and Z? And I remember sharing back then that the Mishkan um, is where God dwells, and it's where his glory dwells. Mm -hmm. And it's all the same Hebrew word. Mishkan is related to Shechan, which is dwell. And it's also related to Shekinah, or Shekinah, as some people say, which is his glory. It's all the same Hebrew word. And I remember even back then, one year before I set foot at Mishkan and heard all the revelations that so many of us has heard over the past X amount of years, I remember saying, that building is just a building, but it's Adonai's glory that fills it. And the Mishkan today is, and I would pop up on PowerPoint, because I always preach with PowerPoint. I would pop up a picture of somebody at the congregation. That's the Mishkan. And then I would put up another picture. That's the Mishkan. Another picture of somebody else in our congregation back then. That's the Mishkan. And then I popped up a picture of Moses the cat. That's the Mishkan. Right, remember that? Feeling nostalgic today. Grateful. 
grateful to Adonai for where he's brought us to and what he's brought us out of. And knowing that I didn't go out there, go out of it without a glorious treasure within me. In the Torah portion, the children of Israel left Egypt, but as they left Egypt, they came out with treasure. Of various sorts. Oh yeah. Some had gold, some had silver, some had copper, some had bronze. Some had animal skins, some had stones, some had yarn. And a combination thereof that the enemy, when that deliverance happened, and it happened quick, and it happened mightily, even the enemy said, just take all this stuff and go. Just take all this, these riches and just go. Right? I mean, that deliverance was like so set. So set. You know? So here they come with, with all this treasure. And then it came time to build the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And Adonai says, just bring this treasure as much as you want or as little as you want it's a very different type of offering than tithe you know the the, the maser, maser the tenth is a tenth and he instructs to give a tenth this was a voluntary offering this terumah was voluntary so whatever it is you have it was perfect for the building of the mishkan and the mishkan was, that was the kingdom. That was the kingdom at hand. That was the kingdom on earth. It was always Adonai's will to have the kingdom be manifested on earth. And the revelations progressed throughout the centuries. But that was it back then. That was the kingdom. That was his glory. That was his presence. That was his manifest presence right there in this tabernacle. It was the kingdom. And what did he use to build the kingdom? It was these gifts, these things, these treasures that came out of Egypt with the people. It didn't matter to Adonai if somebody had gold. It didn't matter to Adonai if somebody else had yarn. You must hear this. Whatever you have, and as much as you're able or led, that is the precise right. ingredient for building the Mishkan, for the building of his kingdom. Yes. There are those here who feel they have nothing to offer the kingdom. And they may even compare themselves. All I got is this little blue yarn. <laughs> when this guy's got all the gold. Do you know, according to Adonai, they are identical? Because yeah. yeah. he said, whatever you have, whatever you brought out, bring what's on your heart. He didn't say it has to be X amount of dollars or shekels. Just bring whatever it is. So you had somebody with gold, and he brought a ton of it. Then somebody else with gold, who just felt led to bring a little coin or something, or an, ear, an earring. And then somebody else who had, you know, stones, just worthless stones, and brought that. Somebody else may say, I'm just not bringing anything. Whatever it was, was perfect for the building of the tabernacle, of the kingdom. So I speak against a feeling and a spirit of self-worthlessness that you are of worth to Adonai. Whatever it is you have, 
It is a treasure. A treasure. And the perfect material for the building up of his kingdom.